North-South Connection. Welcome to the long-awaited return of Sean and Sousa does whatever impact pay-per-view they decide to do. And tonight, Sean and Sousa, bound for glory. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Matt Sousa. How are you doing tonight? Sean Kidd, good to be back. We are indeed uh, bound for glory this evening. Uh, Looking forward to diving into this (coughs) uh, good show. Yeah, so the last time we were together was back in August, and then real life kind of takes its toll. And then I believe we, uh, let's see, we had that mixed tag. And then I think the last one we missed was the knockouts one. So Bound for Glory is like their big show, Nexus anniversary. That's the real big pay-per-view. I think their next pay-per-view is Hard to Kill in January, which is probably the next one we'll get to. But we have to do these four main pay-per-views. We're contractually obligated for those four. The rest Mm -hmm. of them we kind of can pick and choose based on what we think. And this is what we thought. We thought Bound for Glory, and then we can just do whatever we want until the next one. So are you ready to jump into this? Let's do it, sir. All right, so we're going to start off with the pre-show. So this is on YouTube, and it shows the build to the matches. Usually it does. And Impact always does really great at this. And the first 15 minutes of this pre-show is all about the build to Mickey uh, James and Deanna Perrazzo, which has been insanely good up to a point where Deanna actually goes to Mickey's farm and (laughs) beats up on Mickey at the farm. What did you think of this build and this video package? Uh, interesting that they gave, uh, that much time for that, uh, feud. I mean, it'll make more sense once we get to, you know, where it was on the card. Like they considered it one of their, uh, bigger matches. So, uh, 15 minutes for that match is interesting. Uh, the farm brawl that, that was, uh, that was quite something, uh, uh, very, uh, interesting, uh, different for impact. You don't see impact do a lot of stuff like that anymore i mean they used to but you know as far as like what we've seen it's been relatively basic compared to what that was but uh pretty interesting stuff i didn't hate it i'll say that no i didn't hate it either i thought it was good 15 minutes seemed to go but what i really liked about this pre-show is it spent it spent majority of its time on the two main events and i listen i am a self-professed diana perrazzo mark um obviously how this plays out tonight could make me a very sad person especially on some news that we found out today is this recording that we'll share later uh, but yeah, it was really well built feud and Mickey had just come back and this feud has been going on since, oh shit. When did Mickey, Mickey came in and invited Deanna to the NWA Empower? So this has been going on since that was, July. Uh, that was Slammiversary, wasn't it? Yeah. So what is that? June? That was end of June, I think, right? Yeah. So July, August, September, October. So this is a four month build, which has been pretty damn great. So even if you miss not watching impact every week, it kind of sells itself as you saw in this. Um, so really good there. And then the other 15 minutes of this was all about Christian and Josh Alexander, who, again, I'm a big Josh Alexander, Mark, and I thought the build of this was phenomenal. In that final interview segment, there's a point in the uh, in the segment where Christian's at, like, a panel or a press conference, and someone asks him about Josh Alexander, and he goes, who's that? Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and this was just also, again, brilliant build. What did you think? Yeah, uh, it, interesting to me that they had Christian uh, go kind of heelish during the build to this, which we haven't really seen from Christian since he's uh, gone back wrestling. So I, I thought that was an interesting uh, slant, especially given you know his AEW character. He's basically basically been like plucky babyface, you know, wrestling Kenny Omega a couple of times and all that. So I thought that was a a interesting slant to take. And uh, yeah, it seemed. Like the build to this was uh, was really good too. I did end up watching that segment with Josh Matthews where they had the uh, the uh, that panel in the ring. So that that was a really good segment. If you didn't see that, definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, the build looked pretty good here from what I saw. Yeah. So two main event matches that guaranteed to deliver, or at least they should have. We'll see how that plays out. So then we jump into the uh, pre-show proper. Uh, what did you think of D'Lo Brown's uh, blue suit that he was wearing tonight, Matt? My God, that suit was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, where, where, where can I get one? Can I get one, please? Because uh, yeah, that, I think that was incredible. A, I think he was trying to uh, upstage Don West, and I think he succeeded very oh, uh, quite a bit. hundred definitely a lot better than Don West's uh, silk bin bag shirt, as our friend Ben would often call yeah. it on highway. The bin bag shirt definitely so better I, than that. Was it like a blue velvet? Like I put blue velvet suit, but I wasn't even sure if it was velvet. Yeah, it almost it looked like uh, like fucking wallpaper texture or something. It was really strange, but it worked for him. I mean, yeah. it looked awesome. Very odd. Apparently, D'Lo has a budget for his suit because <laughs> not that I would ever wear something like that. I mean, but anyway, moving on. Then we get the Hall of Fame presentation for uh, Awesome Kong. 
I thought it was a really nice video package. It had Christine Hemi, Madison Rain, Perazzo, Gail Kim, and Mickey James. And then Kim uh, Kim came out and did an introduction for Kong, which I thought was a really nice from the heart speech. It was nothing groundbreaking, but it was definitely from the heart. I think many of us could probably say that Gail Kim and Kong probably got women's wrestling as we know it today on the map. I think there's a good argument for that. But mm-hmm. I thought it was great, a uh, great way to end her career, and I thought it was a nice gathering of knockouts uh, division to end it. So what did you think of this whole presentation? Yeah, this was really well done. Uh, you could tell that Gail was uh, genuinely happy to be there inducting one of her best friends, and you could see it in Kong's face that Kong Kong looked you know, genuinely thrilled to be there. And, I mean, like you said, at the, at the very least, it's certainly uh, the Gail Kim-Awesome Kong rivalry certainly helped kickstart the women's wrestling for TNA 100%. Like without those two or three matches they had in late 07, 08, like there's no way the knockouts division turns into what it is now. And I think it might be an argument to say it's kind of changed women's wrestling in general, not just here because the matches they have are kind of what we've grown to expect today. I would say in some capacity in wrestling in general. Mm -hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. So, all right. So we got that. Now we, (laughs) then we get a really weird video of wrestlers of vulnerability of the mental health crisis. Uh, that's that tag me in thing. Like, what did you think of this? I thought it was really great because they had a really great amount of talent, but I think this directly comes out of what happened with Daphne uh, a month ago. So what did you think mm-hmm. of this? I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. And it was good that they got like more than just people in impact. Like I'm trying to, I can't remember Mick, exactly Mick, who else. Mick Foley was in it, but they had people from all right. over the world in it. It was really good. Yeah. Really well done. So- Right. Yeah. Really well done. And uh, interesting uh, that they uh, they did that on the pre-show. But, you know, really cool stuff. Well, no one's watching the pre-show, so they want to bring the main show down. So they just put it in a pre-show. Cause <laughs> no, it's there, there's there's yeah. there's plenty that brought the main show down. We'll get to it. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. All right. So, then we move. so speaking of bringing things down, we go to our first match. It is for the Digital Media Championship, which is <laughs> one of the most stupidest. Ignorant names for a title I have ever. What did you think? We we did a YouTube roulette. I guess there was an internet championship. We were what was it? Walter versus Osprey. Is that who it yeah. was? Yeah. And we were having a field day. I think we spent like thirty minutes in the match just making up different <laughs> internet championship names. And lo and behold, Susan, what did you think of this digital media championship idea? Look, who are you to dis- besmirch the 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 good name of the Pets.com championship? Please, the uh, the Ask Jeeves title is very. Pre- prestigious and uh, uh big news to see it crowned here at bound for glory on the pre-show big deal so, so i guess i assume the digital media championship since this pre-show is on youtube is this kind of like am i assuming this is only going to be defended on like their internet uh i guess cat like their internet stuff or is it going to be on tv like i'm really confused by this championship you know i i was thinking that too but at the same time like and i'll get into this uh more later the pay-per-view was also on the internet, too. I don't think this was on regular pay-per-view, was it? It was only on Fight, right? Oh, you know what? That's a good point. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't look, I don't go that deep in my research, Susan. I just get it off Fight. <laughs> God, God damn it. All right, so we'll jump right into this. So it's all, but not only is it for the Digital Media Championship, it is also a mixed multi-match because I guess the Digital Media Championship and TNA is – I call them TNA because it's kind of the stuff bullshit TNA did. <laughs> Impact has made a thing now of really integrating the men and the women fighting each other as equals. And it's becoming a trend now that is kind of getting overdone. I'll, I'll ask you about that as we get to the end of the match. So this match is Jordan Grace, uh, bless her heart, uh, versus John Schuyler versus Madison Rain, who has replaced Tennille Dashwood, who has gone MIA for whatever reason, followed by Crazy Steve and Chelsea Green. So the match started literally seven minutes before Bound for Glory started. So obviously we're not getting a very long match here for this this big achievement that they're going for. Uh, I thought I, I did enjoy, okay, I got to admit, I did enjoy uh, Grace owning Fala early on, which I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about these mixed matches. Impact seems to have a big boner for. Uh, I thought Grace overall looked really awesome in this. There were some fun spots. It only ended up being five minutes, and it was just weird, and I thought it was really hard to rate. So before I rate it, I'm going to ask you, but at the end, it was Jordan Grace pitting Skyler. Uh, I thought the belt is pretty nice, but Jordan Grace is your new digital media champion, whatever the fuck that means. Susan, what did you think of this? Uh, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm of the mindset that it shouldn't be a belt. It should just be an NFT that someone gains possession of. That's the first thing. If you really want it to be digital media, you you, you should have this be an NFT champ, an NF title, if you will. Uh, 
I thought it was a perfectly fine way to kick off the night's events. Just really short, and it kind of already out of the gate tells you what they think of this title, that they have a, a six-person match go just over five minutes. But, I mean, it was solid enough, and, you know, Grace getting the win with the Grace driver, again, out of nowhere was interesting. Yeah, everybody got to do a few spots, so uh, you know everybody got a bit of a chance to shine. And like you said, the belt does look nice, so I'll give them that. But uh, I, I think just from what we saw here, Impact uh, absolutely considers this to be like a lower tier title, something like, like a, a twenty four, like a twenty four seven title. Exactly, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But uh, I thought it was perfectly solid. I ended up going right down the middle and gave it two and a half. All right, so wow, wow two and a half. I. I only gave it one and three quarters. This oh, my just, Lord. Well, no, listen, it was too short. It was five minutes and it was just weird. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I could, I, I could go two just because it's grace. Yeah. Winnie, but I mean, my, my, th- I mean, they made good use of the five minutes. Like they didn't really stop. There was nothing slow about it, you know? Right. So, I mean, it was, it was, right. it was entertaining to watch for the five minutes. It was so. All right. I'll push it to the gentleman's two just to kind of be there. So <laughs> your new I'll digital. Love you. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I can, I can be worked with. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> so, yeah, so your new digital media champion is Jordan Grace. So, uh, yeah, she is now what they call – what is she? So she's held the women's the women's tag, the impact. So she is kind of like a triple crown winner at this point, unless she, and then she's got to go after the world title or X division title. But I guess from a female standpoint, I mean, I don't know what you would call it. I think, I, I have no idea what we're doing here, Susan. I'm just – this title being sucks to me. <laughs> All it's, right. it's a weird, it's a weird one. It's a weird it's one. It's really weird. like, why don't you just call it the mixed person championship? Or you know what I mean? It's just weird. I don't know. Anyway, because then I, it wouldn't be digital. <laughs> I see. Then you couldn't. Then you couldn't dial up AOL and watch the title. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Anyway, enough with the digital championship. I'm over it. <laughs> All right. So now we move into our show proper with an opening story of Alexander. And I guess this is kind of. I guess we should have kind of seen this coming. They brought his family into it, which I thought was really awesome. And selling the main event. And I think, again, that impact always nails this. So what did you think of this opening and Alexander and his family being integrated? Because obviously it's a sneak peek under the tent of future booking, which, again, impact always does a really good job with. Yeah, good. Again, we I feel like we say it every month because we probably do say it every month. Another great video package. And uh, I, I like the touch of having Alexander's family there, given that, you know, the main event is such a massive deal for him personally and professionally. So, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It makes perfect sense to me. Yep. And Eden, I think we were talking in the chat if, if like, one of the, like, if WWE could figure out how to do storytelling and video packages like Impact, what a freaking mm-hmm. different promotion that place would be, right? It'd be amazing. So, 100%. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> our first match is for the Knockouts Tag Team title, and it is the return of the Iconics, now known as the Inspiration, and their names have also changed as well. It is now Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. But before the match starts, we get one hell of an intro video from I have no idea who it was um, mm-hmm. with a video of these beautiful women in prison. And the first note I made was Sean Spears is a very lucky man. Uh, <laughs> what did you and the other note I made is, you know, for their debut, I was very underwhelmed by the inspirations ring attire because it looked like they were wearing like just regular tan body suits. But anyway, what did you think of the intro, their appearance and what did you think of this whole thing, their video? So uh, this was their first appearance, right? They'd only really been, I mean, it, it was one it of those things where it was, here. it was known, but it, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, good. I like that. They had like a live singer play him out to the ring. I, I made it feel a little bit bigger. Any I, idea I who that was not a clue, <laughs> not a okay, clue, good. but, okay. but, uh, I'll say this, the song is a low key banger. So the theme song's it, pretty good. You I'll know say what? that. You, so you know, I, I wrote that down, but I was embarrassed to say it, so I went, I'm glad you did first. Oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'll say I, it. No, no, I don't banger. either, but I get a lot of shit for a lot of stuff, but goddamn, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> that song no, I agree. That song's a banger. Uh, yeah, I like that they had her, uh, insert name of female artist here, play them out to the ring. It made made the moment feel uh, bigger, but yeah, the attire was very, uh, very boring. But uh, yeah, uh, so far, so good going into it. Oh, the other the other note I made is when the the singer was singing the dancing I thought by Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay left a little bit to be desired. Like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it, it was kind of like it was kind of like uh, 
one of those generic dances where you go side to side and you put your thumbs in and out to the side when you're doing that thing. That's kind of that's kind of <laughs> like what it looked like. The Elaine Venice. Yeah, it looked like the, that. Did you get that vibe when they were doing that dance? It looked really weird. Really. Yeah, weird. it was a little. It was a little awkward. I'll tell. You, I agree. But I am all in for Cassie Lee behind prison bars in a video, uh, half naked. I was very entertained by that. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so they are taking on in their very first match going for the Knockouts Tag Team Titles. It's Inspiration versus Decay. Um, I thought the Havoc wreaking Havoc was a lot of fun to begin with. There was a missed Havoc leg drop that looked like it could have gone really south on a landing. I thought she actually hurt herself. Cassie hits a Rosemary on a Savage Kick on a McKay Kickout, which I thought was really good. Uh, and then they did a double sit-down powerbomb move, which I thought was really interesting. And we have new champs. Uh, I thought it was better than past matches I've seen the Iconics in. I think the I think the theory with them over time with their matches is they botched a lot and didn't look really good. There were a few sloppy spots in this, but I thought overall it was a lot of fun. So what did you think of this, Matt Souza, and what did you rate it? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, too. I thought it was a pretty decent way to kick off the uh, pay-per-view portion. Uh, sloppy at points, particularly the first big move of the match was that botched sidewalk slam, that Havoc botch, where she dropped her right on her head. Uh, that looked, that, yeah, that, there, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was fairly basic and uh, a problem we will run into on and off throughout the night. I thought the crowd was kind of sitting on their hands for this, which given this was the opening match of the night and a, a debut of a tag team that was pretty beloved in WWE. I, I thought the Vegas crowd was kind of uh, sitting on their hands through this match and not the first time I'll say that this evening, but uh, perfectly decent enough for what it was. I went two and a quarter on it. Yeah, I also went two and a quarter on it as well. Pretty, pretty, I, I, and I got to say, I think it's one of, uh, probably one of Lee and McKay's better tag team matches I've seen because they had some real shitholes in the WWE, <laughs> if we're being honest. So, uh, so yeah, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. I, mm-hmm. I do have, I think I do have a few, you know, issues with them winning the titles on their first appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know what? They are a pretty mainstream tag team and you put the belts on them, it gives you some views. So I guess we have to just roll with it. So, right. Yep. All right. Our second match of the night is the X Division match for the X, vacant X Division title. Obviously, Alexander uh, gave up the X Division title on option C to go after uh, um, Christian tonight. So we have this. And these were a bunch of qualifying matches. But in the end, it was Miguel, Macklin, and El Fantasmo uh, that were your three guys in this match. So on paper, it looks pretty good. I've been really impressed with Macklin. So going into this, so here's the deal. Fantasmo, I think we've seen one-offs. He was really good. I think Trey Miguel, you and I have been pretty critical of his matches because it seems like he's been a big jobber for most of the matches he's been in since we started mm-hmm. this pod. But I think you and I both have enjoyed Macklin since he's been here. I, I, am I right in assessing everything I just said? Yeah, the, the Macklin match that sticks out to me, one of the specials, he had that match with Petey Williams that was like out of nowhere really good. So, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed Macklin. Uh, Fantasmo had that banger with Josh Alexander. And uh, Miguel has been very, very streaky on and off. Like he's had some good stuff. And then he had, uh, what was it, that last man standing match he had with Sammy Callahan oh, that I yeah, shit all yeah, over. Yeah, that was yeah, awful. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, just given who was involved, uh, had I had relatively high expectations for this. Yep. All right. So before we got into that match, we had a Perazzo interview. Uh, they were up. She was upset that uh, Ray Walt had been banned and she was going to break Mickey's arm. So I just wanted to throw that in there. So short. So then we get a video package of the X Division match. Stryker. Uh, <laughs> so a commentary. Stryker is praising D'Lo at the start for his accomplishments because D'Lo likened Trey's gold outfit to winning tonight, which made me laugh because D'Lo won having this long list of accomplishments and then. Jim trying to sell that uh, Trey wearing this gold outfit signifies him winning. I don't know what the correlation was in this. Any idea what Stryker the fuck was talking about here? <laughs> Absolutely not. This is one of those uh, moments that he's uh, he, that Stryker often has where he was just saying words and hoping it would make sense, like di- diarrhea of the mouth type of yeah, situation. Yeah, where he tries to sound where he tries to sound intellectual and intelligent, yeah. and he comes across as a freaking moron. That's what one of these one hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head right yes. there. Yeah. All right, so uh, so the uh, uh, the first big spot that I took notes on was Phantasmo uh, doing a titty twister on Macklin, that Macklin no soul. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he must have uh, he must have callous nipples. That's the only uh, it's the only I mean, explanation. I, I mean, my tits hurt after watching it, so I don't know about you. But my, <laughs> my, my, my tits were hurting. Um, but and then you know, Phantasmo is pr- pretty great in this. All three men were on in uh, on their game in this match. Macklin did a spear through the ropes on Trey. That when Trey was upside down, he was going for one of those upside down like backflips, and he was upside down. 
and Macklin did a spear on him that I thought looked absolutely ruled. I thought that was great. Uh, there was a Miguel slingshot stunner on the bottom rope and outside the ring that I thought was really good. I wasn't a big fan of the punch to the ball spot by Phantasmo where Trey had a cup. I mean, I guess it's good comedy, but we already had the titty twister, so I guess we had to had the punch in the balls too. Uh, Miguel wins with a double knee to Phantasmo's face off the top rope. Matt, this was a hell of a match. I thought it was match actually. Um, I, I just felt like this was finally the Miguel match we were waiting for because I feel like he, you know, mm-hmm. since the Rascals left and went to NXT, Miguel's been kind of floundering, and I've been waiting for them to kind of push the button on him. And this is the match I've been waiting for. You know, the only issue I have with this is I really felt like Macklin was going to win because Miguel's looked like really kind of like a jobber over the last few months, and I really was all in on Macklin. But you know what? It's cool they gave Mac, uh, Miguel the match he deserved, and he's your new X Division champion. I actually went four stars on this. This match is a banger. What did you think? Yeah, uh, not as high as you, but still a really good match. Uh, I went three and a half on it. I mean, just so many great spots throughout the match. Too many to name. I mean, the hand, the spear to an upside down Miguel was to the floor was absolutely ridiculous. That was probably that was probably my favorite spot of the match. Uh, I agree with you. The low blow spot was a little schlocky. And uh, I, I like the finish. And honestly, I, I this was pretty short. You know, I think it went like 11 or 10 or 11 minutes. And uh, I, I I would have liked to have seen this get a little more time. It probably for me, it probably would have hit four stars had it gotten a little more time. But of course, uh, there's a match later on in the show that needed to eat up all of the time, which we'll get to. But uh, yeah, this was uh, three and a half stars as is. Yep, good match, pretty decent match. And Trey McGill's your new X Division champion. All right, so we have three new champions uh, out of our first three matches, so we're off to a hot start. So then we go to a Mickey James interview. He puts uh, she puts over Deanna as her toughest uh, challenge ever. Um, it's personal and about proving she's worthy of challenging. I thought James was pretty emotional here. She was uh, showing a lot of emotion. What did you think on this uh, interview, Matt? Yeah, a really good interview from Mickey. Mickey's always been like a a, a sneaky good talker and uh, you know she was pretty good here and you know it seemed like she was uh genuine in what she was saying which good on her if that was the case like you could tell she was kind of like welling up a little bit at the end of the promo so uh yeah definitely a impassioned promo here you could tell she was absolutely taking it seriously absolutely uh all right then we go to then we go to the heath rhino uh, violent by design promo and the whole will rhino or won't he team up with heath tonight um listen I know how we feel about Rhino, but at the end of the day, it was good storytelling, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's been out for a year. Heath mm-hmm. and Rhino have a history. I thought it was good storytelling in this promo video, regardless of how we felt about Rhino. What did you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we've been rather harsh on Rhino, but the story is what it is. It's really good. And look, Rhino and Heath were a very entertaining tag team when they were in SmackDown, so I was uh, curious to see what they would do here. And it makes sense for them to do this naturally since they're here oh, in the same promotion. Absolutely. So I was okay with it. Yeah. All right, so our third match is a Violent by Design, and it is Diener and Daring, who, again, um, low-key Daring fan here, versus Heath and Question Mark. So Heath comes out with no partner. Heath dressed up like a great value Orange Cassidy in his sunglasses, by the way. Um, <laughs> he puts up a good fight solo, but Violent, Violent by Design works him over most of the match. Um, I still love uh, Doring. Wish he'd go solo, actually, and get out of this whole tag team run. Um, run. Heath um, does a nice job trying to fight back. Rhino music hits, out he comes, he tags in, and I thought he actually looked okay because they kept it short. Um, in the end, he go- he gores Diener for three. Um, again, his time was short and harmless. It's more angled than a match. I'm going to go the gentleman too, and in the end, brothers got a hug. Matt, what did you think? Yeah, uh, I went a star and a half on it. It was fine. I mean, it was only five minutes long, and it was uh, it was filler, but at least it was filler that had a story, and it was filler that was actually decent. Uh, this This... This is the spot where you have to have Rhino now in tag matches like this, where he can make a hot tag, um, hot tag, come in, clean house, stuff like that. Because, um, I mean, we've said it before. <laughs> he just it's it's painful to watch him walk around the ring. Uh, him getting up from after he hit the uh, belly to belly hurt me. <laughs> so like he, he just looks like he's struggling a little bit. The gore uh, didn't look great. Uh, certainly not 2000 Rhino out there throwing a gore, but. I mean, for what it was, it was perfectly fine. It was, you know, especially this was a good spot for this match uh, coming off of that hot X Division title match. Uh, the only other note I have here is uh, Heath is looking absolutely jacked. Boy, has he bulked up in his off time. Holy shit, he's massive. But he uh, yeah, perfectly good for what it was, star and a half. All right. 
Then we go to a Kong. Uh, we get the recap of uh, Awesome Kong in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then we get the whole call your, shot, <laughs> call your shot gauntlet recap, which is really a Royal Rumble, and it has 20 competitors. So, Matt, before you say anything, I'm going to jump right into the match. Your first two out are Chris Saban and Rocky Romero. Then you have a bunch of cast of characters that are both male and female from there, including Matt, the return of the Kiss Demon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know we were all dying for that one. I know there are rumors that Braun Strowman was going to show up here or Bray Wyatt, but no, we got the Kiss Demon. So I know we're all excited for that. Uh, it's two-minute interval, intervals. Roman, uh, Romero's out first. I think the two minutes quickly go to like 60 or 90 seconds because the time seems to go really, really quick. Um, it doesn't go quick for the whole match, but the intervals do. Uh, oh, look, and then Melina shows up. There's a spot with Swinger and the Demon. That was a comedy spot. Uh, crowd was very angry at the de- at uh, the Demon for throwing Swinger out. So Swinger very over here. Um, Sam Beal, uh, I guess, also since the last pod uh, we've done that, Sam Beal has apparently been thrown out of Brian Myers' learning tree. And I know you're devastated by that turn of events. Oh, it hurts my heart and my soul. Yes. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Rich Swan comes out. And I made a note. I still can't believe how far Rich Swan has fallen since mm-hmm, Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, which Stryker, by the way, kind of points out on commentary. I don't know if you caught that. That was pretty I did funny. catch that. I yeah, did catch it's pretty, that. It's pretty shitty. But yeah, Swan's really, I don't know who he pissed off, but he's really, I mean, since Rebellion, really gone downhill. Uh, Moose came in and killed Beale and Edwards, which I thought was really good. Then he abuses Alicia. Uh, then he gets beat up with kendo sticks by Edwards. Um, and then W. Morrissey is last out, who, by the way, full disclosure, that's who I picked to win this because he's been mm-hmm. freaking awesome since we started this show. Uh, he throws Alicia out on top of a bunch of guys. Then Morrissey killed Edwards with his boot. Um, I also liked the Moose and uh, Moose and Morrissey alliance, which I thought was good. The final five is Swan, Saban, Moose, uh, Morrissey, and Cardona. Um, and let's see, Sawyer comes in and uh, beats up, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mad Dog Sawyer comes in and beats up Saban, and done, then he's dumped by Moose. Uh, and then Moose dumps out Swan and Morrissey. Cardona and Moose are the last two, um, and it's a pinner submission. And then in the end, Moose wins on a spear. It's a nice win for Moose. Um, Cardona looked like he died on a top rope drop, <laughs> top rope drop on this. And then the last thing I made about this match, is it looks like they had this trophy made at the local store next door <laughs> because this trophy, this was the most uninspiring trophy that Moose had won I'd ever seen. Um, yeah, this was long. There were some good spots, but just a tire too long. I actually went one and a quarter on this. I was not feeling this bad, Souza. All right, bear with me during this because I got a yes. lot of shit to say. Uh, that yes. uh, really not mu- uh, not a lot of it has a lot to do with the match because the match was incredibly generic and uh, yes. every single battle royal you've ever seen. So my major problem with this whole thing and this whole match was its placement on the show. Like <clears throat> this show had a pretty good flow to it, right? Like uh, three really uh, four if you include the pre-show four. Pretty good matches to uh, a great match with the X Division title. And, you know, everything was moving fast. And then this match hits, and it's a friggin' slog, and it just killed whatever flow this show had. This sucker went 30 minutes in the middle of a show. Like, uh, maybe it's just me, but this isn't the type of match you put in the middle of the show. Like, if I was booking this show, I would have thrown this on the pre-show. Pre-show, yep. 100%. Put it on the pre-show. Chop some time off of it. Give some of the other matches on this pay-per-view time. Hell, throw the digital media title match on the pay-per-view proper. And, uh, Sean, you probably know this, but uh, who who was in town for these uh, these Impact tapings in Las Vegas? Uh, Braun Strowman? Uh, No, a a certain wrestler from New Japan was in town. Correct me if I'm wrong? Suzuki. Yes, uh, Minoru Suzuki was in town for this show. And, and he's re- actually at the goddamn tapings the next night. He sure is. Now, um, w- why isn't he anywhere on this show? That is outside a, that of. Is a, well, because you had to make room for the demon. Uh, apparently. Well, and Melina and a random Melina appearance. Yes. See, like. If again, if I was booking this show, I'm having Minoru Suzuki in an actual match. Like, put him in there with Willie Mack, Rich Swan, Morrissey, oh, somebody. Him and, well, him and Swan would have had a good match. That'd be great. right. Yeah. And or and at the very least, throw him in the battle royal. But no, we have to have the Kiss Demon 
show up in the battle royal. Which, by the way, uh, they can't call him the Kiss Demon because uh, Kiss owns the rights to that, which is why they can't say Kiss. So, uh, quite frankly, I owe well, Gene Simmons fifty grand just for saying Kiss on this podcast. Matt, now. it could also be because the Demon sucks and Kiss doesn't want to be represented by. Him. Well, th- there's also that, <laughs> but and I loved his. Uh, his great value kiss cover band music, like, like smooch the world's greatest kiss cover band played him out or something. Look, you know, I I have an affinity and a soft spot for late period WCW, right? You know, guys like screaming Norman smiley, the mama Luke's crowbar guys like that. The fucking kiss demon isn't one of them. (laughs) Like all the people to bring in, you bring in the kiss demon. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I went a star on this. Uh, this should have been on the pre-show. And again, like, yeah, just killed whatever flow this show had for me. Yep. So you, I was one of the quarter. You're one star. And Moose has won the call your shot. Uh, very terrible looking trophy, which unfortunately we'll see if that comes into play tonight where I will cry later. So <laughs> um, we go to uh, a Heath Rhino interview with Gia. All is right in the world. Uh, everything's great, and Uncle Rhino is back. Yay, I know we're both happy. All right, so then we go to our... God damn this next match. Then we go to our next <laughs> tag title promo. It is the Good Brothers versus Bullet Club versus Finjuice. Haven't we seen this match already before? Am I missing something, Matt? 138 times. I mean, I think, they've, feels, added in the Bullet, like... I think they've added in Bullet Club, Bay, and... Uh, what's his name? Hakito or whatever the fuck his name is? Yeah, Hika, Hikaleo, I think is Hikale- how you say it. Hikaleo or whatever. So your tag team title match is the the Bad Brothers versus Finn Juice versus the Bullet Club. Uh, and the first thing I made is if I mentioned how much I hate Finn Juice and the Good Brothers. <laughs> I think I've said it several times. Um, again, haven't I seen this match already? I feel really bad for Bay and Finley because I feel mm-hmm. Bay and Finley could be really good in the X Division or in title convention, right? Uh, I'd be okay with. D'Lo immediately loses all credibility with me, calling Finn Juice masters of tag wrestling. I don't know if you caught that. Um, and by the way, did you also catch that tonight Finn is cosplaying the Macho King Randy Savage in his gear? I sure did. Hair, everything. So how dare you? How dare you, Juice Robinson, you motherfucker. Um, every tag match has, and it seems like all these matches with Good Brothers always has Gallows versus the token big man, which is, what's his name again, Matt? Hikaleo, I think is yeah, how you so say they, it. Yeah, so then they do that. Then, um, and then there's a lot of yelling going on between the Good Brothers and, uh, and Juice Robinson, and these assholes never shut their mouth up in the ring. It's constantly yelling at each other. Um, I am incapable of liking this match with these three. Um, I was bored <laughs> most of the match. Um, I will say there was a nice clothesline from Gallows to Hikaleo, I thought. Um, the crowd is chanting, this is awesome. And I immediately lose all respect for this crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then how dare Finjuice do the power and glory power plex as their finisher. I was very pissed off at that. Uh, where they do that kind of hybrid with the frog splash. I did not appreciate that. Um, asshole Anderson tosses juice off bay and pins for the win. Fuck this. Now here's the deal. I shit all over this match. I will give it a, a star and a half because it's probably better than I thought, but God damn, I hate the Good Brothers, and I really hate Finn Juice. Matt, what did you think of this match? Yeah, uh, uh, between uh, the Battle Royal and this, this was a real rough stretch for this show. Boy, uh, yeah, yeah, just super fucking generic. I mean, this this was a slog, too. This match, of all things, gets a this is awesome chant from the Vegas crowd. I mean, bunch come of, on, you, really? You, you bunch of drunk fucks, please, for God's sake. Oh, good Lord. I mean, the finish was super generic and like straight out of a fucking 1985 house show with Anderson throwing, I don't even remember who it was, uh, throwing him to the floor and stealing the pin. I mean, the Good Brothers, like they did nothing in this fucking match. In this, I don't even think it went 10 minutes. Like, are they gassed after 10 minutes? What the hell are we doing? Yeah, this was a whole lot of nothing, star and a half. All right. So yeah, two really, (laughs) so so far this, uh, the show not doing so great, and the last two have really dragged it down. So now we get into our promo package for Perrazzo and James, which we talked about earlier. This is good shit. It's for the Knockouts title. Uh, Mickey and her hardcore t- country song comes out with her, um, and she is what I would call the best little whorehouse in Texas wear. Um, and I think she really <laughs> needs to be better at balancing her MILF country bar swag versus her wrestling mat. What did you feel about hardcore country and Mickey's little bar slut uh, MILF country outfit? <laughs> So that's a hell of a sentence you just said there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really look, put a lot of thought to that. That's like artistic 
Look, what I just said. Here's the thing. Uh, Mickey could be covered in a thousand fucking hornets and she'd still look great. So, I mean, it, very it, milfy now. She's a very milfy. Oh, Mickey yeah. hundred percent. But uh, yeah. Hachi Machi. Goddamn national treasure tagging that. God bless him. <laughs> um, and then Perazzo comes out too. Uh, I love this outfit. The evil queen uh, outfit she comes out in is fantastic. What did you think of Perazzo's outfit? <laughs> she looked like the Pope of Paisley Park with that. Oh, outfit. <laughs> That's even better than Evil Queen, the Pope of Paisley Park. <laughs> it was it was something. You do realize like, you're gonna have to put Paisley Park music in this pod now, right? When yeah, well, yeah, one hundred percent. But oh it, god, you popped me with that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the attire it was great. Like she literally looked like a pope with the headdress, and it was all purple everywhere. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Probably the best looking attire we saw on the show. Honestly, yeah. If we were doing a fa- we were doing like a fashion like award, it would definitely go to her tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt, this is something I have never noticed before. Have you noticed that Diana has a slight case of the COVID eye? Oh dear God. <laughs> Well, I didn't before, but I bet you I will now. Well, my second one, my second note to that was I don't care that oh, she well. has COVID eye because she is still beautiful and still hot. <laughs> All right, so Mickey started up hot, beating up Perazzo, uh, while Matt Stryker lists the ladies' greats, including he's going out of his list of ladies' greats. And I know when I think of lady greats, I'm going to say Misty Blue porno star. Did you not mm-hmm. know that he said Misty Blue? Is that what be the he first sh- one? He sure did. Maname Toyota, Trish Stratus, Misty Blue. I mean, when you think women's wrestling, those are the three I think of. I mean, I, I mean, which one of these does not fit in the hole? That is, <laughs> you know, anyway, well, it, well, I guess she did have holes that fit. Hey, now. Hey, now. There's That's no need to work blue. This is a family yes. podcast. Sir, how dare you? Anyway, <laughs> um, okay, and all this fighting they're doing outside is going on while the bell hasn't rung yet. Uh, then Barrazzo like savagely drags her back to the ring from the top of the ramp by Mickey's hair. I really liked on the bell ring. Deanna dominates Mickey for a long time with forearm suplexes, um, does a power bomb, which was reversed out of a Karana attempt, which I thought was really good. There's a crossbody collide mid ring. Um, then a forearm punch fest between the two that mid ring. That was pretty good. Mickey hits a top rope fez press for two, which he goes to a lot in this match. Mickey reverses a Queen's Gambit pile driver attempt and hits a really nice DDT. There's a weird spot where Mickey looked unsure of what her next move was. I don't really know what it was about, and it's the announcers tried to cover up for it. Um, there's some Deanna limb work finally on a savage-looking armbar, but Mickey uh, that she took Mickey off of the top rope on, which I liked. Uh, there's a Queen's Gambit through the ropes on Mickey, which was fantastic, but only got two. It should have been the finish of the match. God damn it. Um, they had me, they had, like, I thought it was over at that point when that Queen's Gambit, I thought it was over. Uh, Mickey goes for a top rope Fez press again, but, uh, Perazzo, uh, pulls the ref in front, which you could kind of see was coming a mile away. Uh, Deanna gets a chair, but Mickey spin kicks it to the face for a two count. The ref is way overselling that Fez press, by the way, because by the way, he was acting on how long it took. He thought he was dying. Uh, Deanna does, uh, um, he do, again, she does another arm throw to Mickey, uh, and then we get a spin kick to the gut and a sudden tornado DDT for Mickey James for three. The match was good. Um, Mickey definitely showed some rust. And I thought the finish was really flat. Like, I feel like a tornado DDT is one of those spots that pots the crowd, but doesn't really get you a three count anymore, even though it's a great move. It's still great. But God damn it, my poor Perazzo. I went three and a quarter and she full transparency today. We found out she's got an OnlyFans site and. She has now gone to porn because she lost this match, and it's a damn shame <laughs> because Perazzo is the greatest women's wrestler in the entire world, and I will fight anybody on that. So, Matt, I went three and a quarter. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's the next logical step when you lose the prestigious knockouts championship. Uh, it's wrestling than porn. I mean, that's just but Striker, But Stryker saw the future because he brought up fucking Misty Blue. That motherfucker. <laughs> I blame Matt Stryker for this This. Turn of events on poor Perazzo. You know, that makes perfect sense. It's all his fault. If, if, if all else fails, blame Matt Stryker. That's the way That's I right. live. That's the way I live my life. Um, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed this match quite a bit. I went three stars on it. Uh, I like the brawling on the floor to start. Makes sense, given the feud, like we talked about earlier, with the, the brawl in the barn there, which uh, should be the name of a wrestling show if it isn't brawl in the barn. Um it was like five minutes of brawl, maybe maybe a little too much brawling on the floor, but I still think it was uh, good for what it was. Uh, the crowd was pretty hot for this, good on them, because they've been kind of streaky all night. So uh, I'll give the Vegas crowd some credit. 
there was a sick DDT at one point by Mickey that looked great. Uh, that pile driver that Deanna hit was sick. Uh, the ref bump, like you said, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, at one point, Deanna had the chair, and then Mickey uh, went for a kick that completely missed the chair. Uh, I, I thought that was going to be the finish, and that would have been a real downer to end the match on. And, I mean, the finish, as is, really was weird. and It came out of nowhere. Like, did Mickey ever use a tornado? I know she used the DDT, but a tornado she has, DDT? She has used a tornado DDT, but I don't recall that being her finisher. Like, right. So that's right. It's so weird, like... Tornado DDTs are so spot monkey fest now that they're always just a pop pop move and not a finishing move. That's why I felt it weird. It was just weird. Right. Weird. And uh, I also agree with you. I do think the wrong person won here. Uh, this would have been another big win for Deanna had she retained the title here, especially if she had made her, you know, tap out. But uh, it is what it is. Mickey James is our new knockouts champion. Uh, three stars for me. Yeah, so another new champion, and my poor Perazzo is now moving on to OnlyFans. I, I listen. I hope Perazzo gets another one. I really, I, I, another run. I really do feel like she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And mm-hmm. Impact did an amazing job booking this title run for her. And again, mm-hmm. they they just this is what they do. Like they did a hell of a good job with Diana and the last shit. I don't know how long she's been here, but she's she's done a just amazing job. So Diana. Um, I probably won't. Well, I might subscribe to her. I want to support her, so I might have to. You know, we'll see how that, hey, that plays out. You, you, do draws you, my, you, any, you do what you have to do. Anybody draws my name in uh, the Christmas thingamajig, you know, just hook it up with the Perazzo. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we get a, we get a, I'm very upset and devastated by this loss, Matt. But I can, I can I'm tell. not as devastated and lost as I'm going to be on the next one. Uh, turning point is on November 20th. It is also in Vegas. Then there's a weird promo on injuries, and the next pay-per-view in Dallas, Texas, is hard to kill on January 8th. Um, I will tell you on Turning Point, I will tell you, I can tell you what the main event matches are, but um, that'll probably spoil what I already know about what's coming, and I don't want to spoil our main event until we get to talk about it. Um, and we probably won't watch Turning Point anyway, because we'll see. Maybe we will. We haven't figured. It's kind of like Matt, and just, Matt and I just decide when we decide, and... If we're not, very not, we're very busy people. Yeah, we're very busy people and very indecisive. So we'll see. It'll probably be hard to kill, but who knows? We might get a bug up our ass. Um, promo video story of Christian and Alexander is set up again. Pretty, you know what else I was thinking about this, Matt? It's pretty amazing to me that Impact tapes once a month, and they literally can lay out long term storytelling and TV pay per view and their apps only event in that month. Like, mm-hmm. how? Like how? Why? If they could, why the hell can't WWE do this and they can? <laughs> that's a question scholars have been trying to answer for many many years I mean, like, once a it, month, they literally tape once a month it's true uh, it's it's wild like there it's because they don't have a maniac running the fucking company is my guess that's unbelievable like they could book this well uh, anyway uh okay so our main event obviously is josh alexander versus christian cage for the impact title um, I am legit pumped for this one. I am a self-proclaimed Josh Mark. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I was all excited. I felt like this journey has been really good. Um, when he won the X Division title at Rebellion, and I think that was April, so May, June, July, August, September. This is a six-month build. And he's gradually beat people all the way up to the end. And I thought it was great storytelling when Saban whispered in his ear, go for, go for, uh, go for option C, and here we are. I think the storytelling for Josh was amazing throughout this whole run. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. They've done a fantastic job uh, building Josh up from, you know, if, if you would probably know better than me when he came in, was he like highly touted or were they did, were they like kind of building him up from scratch? You would probably well, he know. Was in the, well, he was in the North. Right. And then, and then Ethan Page got signed to AEW. He went singles and they started just building them like just from right. the bottom up. And they've done a great job building them up. It's amazing. Right. So they've done a great job. And he obviously we've seen most of his matches. I mean, he's he's having the best match of the night every single time we've watched him. So Mm, he's he's putting in he's putting in his own, too. Well, spoilers (laughs) before tonight. Well, well, yeah. Anyway, Uh, (laughs) so this is for the Impact World title. Uh, The first note I made is really is frightening how less age Christian looks versus Edge. I Mm -hmm. don't know how you feel about that, but Christian still looks like Christian. Edge looks like 
I mean, I don't know what he just looks like he's aged terribly. Edge has again, going back to the maniac that runs WWE. That's what happens when a, a human being sucks out another human being's life force. I mean, you, you turn into looking like edge all sunken in and whatnot. And, you know, Christian got out of there. He avoided the maniac. So he's fine. I mean, that's how I look. This is it. like, this is like that bug in starship troopers that sucks the brains out of your head. <laughs> Exactly. Like he slogs along, sticks his arm inside your head, and just sucks everything out, and you just die. That's that's exactly. what Vince McMahon is. Exactly. Um, I, so the crowd has loud bringing home chants for Josh, which is really good. There's some back and forth mat wrestling first few minutes. Josh shoves Christian outside the ring, which I popped me a little bit. I think Stryker and D'Lo were pretty good on commentary selling selling Alexander's challenges over the last 16 years. Um, and I, they, like they were saying, you know. It's been a little hard journey because he started up in a small town and it's hard to start in a small town and it is in a bigger city. So I thought that was really well done. Um, I also thought they did a really good job of selling the perception of Christian disrespecting him at that press conference we talked about earlier. So really good storytelling here. Uh, Christian reverses a spike and dumps Alexander outside. Uh, Josh gets an ankle lock, but is sent into the rail. Christian takes control for a while back in the ring. Matt calls for a low... (laughs) Matt calls Christian a low-key striker or a low-key shooter. Um, I know. I, I listen. I like Christian, but Matt, would you ever think of Christian as a low-key shooter? Oh yeah, he's. Uh, when I think Christian, I think fucking Ken Shamrock. No, what a stupid fucking comment. Again, again, <laughs> and Matt Striker trying to sound like he's all that and a bag of chips yeah. and intelligence and just something. Stupid. Uh, just, just saying words to fill the dead air. That's all he was doing. Yes. <laughs> There's a nice chop off. There's a nice German by Josh to the turnbuckle that didn't really totally hit, but still visually looked really good. Uh, they show Josh and his son at uh, Josh's wife. And by the way, Josh's wife is kind of hotchy. You know, I know Anderson says he has a hot Asian wife. I think Josh might have a beat, Matt. Mm, it's close. It's close. I'll agree Very with close. you. Uh, there's a, a Josh does a nice power bomb to his knee that has to hurt like a motherfucker. I don't know how you do that move and it doesn't hurt. Uh, there's a savage knee to Christian's head off the second rope that was really good. Some really nice back and forth between the two. There's a rolling German chaos theory by Josh. Um, there's a somersault that's missed by Josh, and Christian gets the spear for two. There's a top road splash. Uh, Christian gets two after blocking a running road's belly to belly. Again, more great back and forth and reversals. There's a sudden ankle lock and a tap. Again, just like our last match, it came out of nowhere, and I'm like, huh? You know, mm-hmm. it's like like there was no like epic end to this. It's just like it's over. Uh, so the under, I thought it was the uh, the um, ending was underwhelming. Um, I'm not really sure what they were going for. The match is still very good. They they embrace as Christian uh, puts the belt on his shoulder. I went three and a quarter on this, but we're not done yet. Uh, Matt sells um, Matt sells Josh family at ringside, and then his wife and son come in the ring. They have a huge hug, which is a really cool moment. Then all of a sudden, Moose is there to cash in his uh, great value trophy. Uh, Josh pushes his family back to get out of the way, and Sue Moose spears him, pins him, and Moose is your new champion. Listen, this this ending was savage with his family being in the ring. I thought it was brilliant, but God damn it, not giving his Josh his, uh, his moment in the sun. This is great value, money in bank. Great value, SummerSlam 13, Daniel Bryan vibes, and I hope the storytelling is going to be the same way where Josh gets his redemption back. Rumors are Josh's uh, contract expires in January, so I hope that doesn't happen. The upside to this is I also didn't see this coming at all. We end with Moose standing tall as your new Impact champion. Three and a quarter on the match. God damn it, though, the ending makes me main roster angry, (laughs) even though in some cases it was really good the way it was done, and I hate saying that. Matt, what did you think? So, uh, you know, maybe I had my hopes too high for this main event, and it was still good, but it wasn't as good oh, as no, I thought it Oh, no, it didn't even be. come close to what it like, should have been. Not even close. It, it, I saw this match on paper. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking four stars maybe, you know, because we've seen – We've seen the matches Christian has had with Kenny Omega. They've both been really fucking good, right? I was actually thinking so, four and a half minimal on this. I really right. was. Yeah. So you would think a, a guy like Josh Alexander, like they would have a, a really great match. And I don't know if they just they just didn't mesh well together or like it was missing something. I don't I can't exactly put into words what it was missing, but it was definitely missing something. It picked up a bit by the end, but I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't hit that next level uh and, and you know the crowd at some point during this match seemed really gassed like they were cooked which i mean this wasn't a super long show it was under 3 hours like what the fuck are you gassed for you're in vegas for christ's sake what is wrong with you um 
and again, much like the women's match we just saw, uh, the finish out of nowhere really took away from it. Like the, he just he puts on the ankle lock and that's it. Christian taps out like two seconds later. Just a really odd finish and kind of a short match for a Bound for Glory main event. Like I don't know, I don't even think it hit twenty minutes, did it? Like if it did, it wasn't no, by much. I, I don't think it was even twenty minutes. And again, the two big main events I was looking to the most with two of my favorite people. Not only did they both lose, but also pretty underwhelming matches. Like, listen, a three and a quarter is nothing to sneeze at or three stars, but right. God damn. I've, we've seen them both in better matches over the course of the last six months easily. Right. So like you said, three stars, I went the same thing. I went three stars on this too. Again, good, but not what I thought it could have been. Uh, as for the moose stuff, um, <laughs> like, like, like you said, great value money in the bank, you know, over the years, impact slash TNA has taken flack for being, you know, WWE light. Uh, that is absolutely what this was. This was 100% their version of Money in the Bank with a much less cooler uh, trophy. The Money in the Bank briefcase looks great. This, this was a fucking, like, go-kart trophy that they rebranded into a wrestling trophy. Um, you know, there was such an easier way to do this without having uh, Josh win the title. And that, uh, you know, I, I thought about it. Go the WrestleMania 31 route. Like, Christian and Josh could quite literally have the same exact match they have. But then, right at the finish, Moose comes out, grabs a microphone, says, I'm cashing in. This match is now a triple threat. And you have Moose pin Christian to win the title. And that way, Josh doesn't Ah. have a... That way, Josh doesn't have a 30-second championship reign because we've seen it before with Money in the Bank stuff and, you know taking the titles off of somebody. I mean, it happened to Daniel Bryan, but uh, Daniel Bryan is fucking Daniel Bryan. He's bulletproof. But we saw how long it took Roman Reigns to recover from all the bullshit they put him through with the money in the bank and constantly pulling the title off of him. He's just getting starting to get over like within the last year. And that was what, 2015? So uh, Impact better tread lightly with this stuff because they could fucking ruin a guy if they do it wrong. But uh, as is uh, three stars for the match. You know, I don't see. I don't necessarily like I think it was really ballsy to pull that family thing in there. And I Mm -hmm. think the point of that was to really get Moose over as a heel. And and by the way, then full disclosure, he cut a hell of a promo last night that aired Mm -hmm. on Impact last night um, that sets him up as this monster heel. So I get what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But man, I I did not see that coming at all. Like I thought this was going to be the great Josh story, and God, man, like well, see, I guess so. It's kind of good and it's kind of not because they surprised right. me. So I, I struggle with it a little bit, you know. It's like uh, my biggest problem is the fact that they had Josh Alexander win the match and then immediately lose. Like if he's not leaving with the championship, then don't have him win. You know what I mean? Either do the Mania Thirty One uh, finish, or honestly have Christian beat him like not necessarily decisively, but have him get like a roll up finish or some sort of like uh, quote unquote slip on, slip on a banana peel type of thing. Right. Like I, my, that's my big issue is having Josh win the title and then lose it 30 seconds later. I don't think that really helps anybody. And we've seen it before how it doesn't help people. We saw it with Roman. No, it doesn't help, but I do respect the savagery of to get beating his ass in front of his family. Oh, oh it's ball, it's a it's ballsy booking. I'll give yeah. him that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not in the right context. I mean, they probably could have done it differently, but I always I'm always in when you bring the family into it and you're just a complete <laughs> brick in front of them. Uh, God bless Josh Alexander, though. Hopefully, he'll recover. And uh, we do have a banger coming up with him and Suzuki on one of these impact tapings. So I'll definitely be watching that when that hits the air because I'm sure that'll mm-hmm. be great. So, mm-hmm. all right, so Susan, that brings us to the end of the show. So. Overall thoughts on Bound for Glory? Uh, not the best outing, as you can tell by my match ratings. Uh, that Battle Royal really just <laughs> derailed the show for me. And I mean, even before that, yeah, I, my peak match is three and a half stars. And we had two three-star matches. And I mean, it, one would think <laughs> that would make for a good pay-per-view. Well, we had higher expectations of the two main events. Exactly. That's and, that's, and that's the way, you know, it's, it's different when you have three three-star matches on an Impact Plus special as opposed to when you have three three-star matches and a bunch of two-star matches on yeah, your, we don't expect, your biggest we show don't of the year. It. Yeah, right. the app, on the monthly app ones, we don't expect great matches. And when we do, we're like, holy shit, right. but then you get a major pay-per-view and get what we got tonight. Right. It's kind like, of a legend. Yeah. Your biggest your biggest show of the year, I would expect a four star match somewhere on here, you know. And I know you went four on one of them, but you know what I mean. 
So yeah, so not the best outing um, with some really surprising results, surprising booking. They need to refresh their tag team division desperately mm-hmm. um, and get rid of the good brothers, send them to AEW and let them be henchmen. I mean, I don't even <laughs> want to see them there. Just send them to Japan, send, send them, them to, somewhere. Send them to NWA. Yeah, just get them, just get them out of here. So you said, well, I watch NWA. Don't say put, that. Put them with, Mur- put them with, put them with Murdoch. Oh God, what a what a four horseman that could start. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so not a great, uh, not not a great bound for glory. But you know what? Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. So we'll see what comes in the future from Impact. We'll see what happens at Turning Point, and then the Journey to Hard to Kill. We'll see how it plays out. But it does seem like Matt. That the partnership with AEW does officially seem to be kind of over at this mm-hmm. point, at least in terms mm-hmm. of the grand narrative. So um, we'll see what impact pulls out of their uh, pants. The other thing I will say is uh, we were expecting some big surprises. And I think that was a bit of a letdown for people, too, because usually at these shows, we get some kind of big, huge surprise. And I'll tell you what, Melina and the demon ain't cutting it. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you talking about? The kiss demon showed up, please. Speak for yourself. Yeah. So we'll see how Impact plays out over the next few months. But Matt, before we go, anything you'd like to plug? Well, you can find me right here on the No So Feed on the Extreme Three-Way Dance. As of this recording, our episode reviewing A Matter of Respect has dropped. So please give that a listen if you have not yet. That is a very fun show. Uh, Over on the Pop Feed, you can find me usually on every episode of Popcorn Chicken Salad, which is a... Uh, live watch pod of guilty pleasure slash bad action movies so check all those out our episode where we watched little nicky dropped a few weeks ago so definitely check that out and you can find me on my show that i host piece of the action a action movie live watch podcast uh my understanding is sean kidd will be the next guest on that show which i am very much looking forward to so look for that to drop sometime in the month of november and you can find me on the Twitter machine at bemsusa1991. Yeah, a very obscure movie I picked for that, too, by the way, speaking of Kiss. so You sure have. Stay, stay, stay tuned for that one. A little spoiler there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I'll be on that. Uh, I'll, I'll just plug a couple of uh, things. So today, as of this recording, uh, the new Freakout Drive-In uh, dropped with me and Jenny doing Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of fun, Susan. I think you just, I think you said you listened to that earlier today. It's it's a it's a very good show, very funny, definitely, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yes, very educational pod. Uh, Jenny oh, and I absolutely. Really, yeah, Jenny and I had a real and uh, the foot the foot mentions in the first minute. I think, like you said, is an all time record with the dash. But anyway, um, you can catch me over there. You can catch me on NWA Crack and Roll on Twitter, NWA Crack and Roll podcast. Um, YouTube Roulette, which Matt is also on. I will not be on the next episode, but um, I know you guys will be fine. Uh, Battlestar in the 25th Century. You can find me over on the uh, pop feed. Um, Highway to the Impact Zone is on a hi- hiatus, and you can find me on every episode of Wrestling's Chicken Salad. Um, I am no, I am on Popcorn Chicken Salad, but I am now probably relegated to a radish, as uh, <laughs> was said on the last podcast. As Matt is probably the more full-time member than I am whatsoever. So, um, and we, and Matt and I will be debuting a new pod uh, mm-hmm. coming up that I will not divulge, but uh, pretty interesting concept. I'm for, I'm hosting the first two, and then Matt will be doing the second two. So we look forward to doing that as well so with Mm -hmm. that i am sean kitt he is matt souza and we will see you whenever we decide to come back and watch another impact show if not it will definitely be hard to kill so thank you everybody